Is America over? Hell no! No, of course it's not over, but I got you with that title, didn't I? It's called Clickbait. And now you've already started the episode, so you might as well finish it because we're going to get into some really good stuff. I'm in the studio again with my dad, and we're going to get into the election, of course, and everything that's going on. Nobody really knows what is going on, but before we get into it, if you want to get one of these awesome shirts and one of these awesome hats, go to defender-gear.com and use promo code Reagan10. My dad's sporting the awesome 1776 Defender Gear shirt. Use code Reagan10. Get 10% off. It's almost Christmas time, and if you're looking for a great Christmas present to get your patriotic best friend or family member, this stuff is awesome. You will be Or to send to me. You can send one to me. That's a great Christmas present for me. We get yeah. discounts too, but you know what? If you want to send one to my dad or to yeah. me, we would greatly appreciate it. So get yourself a shirt at defender/gear.com. Promo code Reagan10. Okay, let's jump right into it. What the heck is going on right now? I'm not sure really anybody knows. You know a lot more than me or anybody else that I'm talking to, so I just kind of rely on you for that information because you're, you know, steeped deep into that world and have good connections and you're hearing all the bright news. So just catch us up. This is like, what, two, three weeks after three when weeks, pe- three yeah. weeks after three people weeks thought there would be a decision. There's not. So, I mean, first thing is this is not unprecedented. We've been here before. Uh, multiple times, in fact. I mean, we're not even to the point where we were just 20 years ago in the 2000 election. Bush v. Gore, I was very involved in that race because I was in the Texas legislature at the time. I had had a recount in my own race two years before that, so I had experience with a recount, and then they had the Florida recount for the presidential race. In that in that case, we didn't know who the president was going to be for sure until mid-December. So, wow. I mean, we could still be a couple of weeks out. I think we probably are a couple of weeks out. Uh, you go back to 1876, it was months in that race, and that one was more like this one. I, I, I think 1876 mm-hmm. is the one to look to if you want to look at, at how this thing could play out. 1824, same thing, took a long time before they knew for sure who was going to win. So this is not unprecedented. I just want to mm-hmm. start there so that people calm down and go, the world's not coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the system is not necessarily broken. It could be in many ways broken because of user error. But the system itself, the constitutional system that we have, is not broken. If we work it properly, then it works. But anyway, we can get into that if you want, but just know that we've been here before. Okay, so what's really on my mind, and I think on a lot of my listeners' mind, a lot of my listeners are are young. It's just teenagers, my my age demographic. But they hear about this program Dominion and what's happening with that. I'm not really caught up on what it is being used for and everything, but catch us up on like what Dominion is and all the speculation of it being misused and stealing votes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, look, I mean, even from the days when I was in the legislature, I was always against, this was two decades ago, before Mm -hmm. most of your viewers were born, maybe, um, I was always against this idea of an electronic voting system without a really good, solid paper backup for every ballot so you could Mm -hmm. do a hand recount if you needed to, of every ballot that had had been cast. It's Mm -hmm. too easily open to manipulation. And what we're seeing right now, potentially, now granted, there's a lot of people claiming that some pretty outlandish things happened here. I believe those things absolutely could have happened, but we have to have evidence of that before we can say it definitely did happen. Now, what do you mean by outlandish? Outlandish, like literally stealing the election by manipulating the data. Okay. So let's say you and I were running against each other and you got 1,000 votes and I got 900 votes. And the system was programmed to actually flip 60 votes, or let's say, easy math, let's flip 100 votes Mm -hmm. from you to me. So now I have 1,000, you have 900, no one knows the better. It was a close race, so we both just assume, well, that's the way it it turned out. Mm -hmm. Um, The accusation is that this system was designed to be able to do that very thing. 
that it was used to do that very thing in other countries, including Venezuela, which is where it was actually created for Hugo Chavez years ago because he didn't want any more close elections. Well, you can do that as a dictator. He got away with it, right? Wait, Domin- uh, the program was created Yeah, it was actually Smartmatic, and all these different companies have, and I don't know all the connections, but okay. apparently the same software has been used or duplicated by these other companies. And I forget which, okay. I, I don't know enough about which company is which. All I'm here to say is that it is possible even plausible mm-hmm. that this happened because it has been done in other countries. It wasn't just uh, Venezuela. It was many Latin American countries. And mm-hmm. the problem with what we did this time was we we relaxed all the rules so much so using COVID as the excuse. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of these states, these governors and secretaries of states absolutely ignored the law. They broke the law and they changed how the election was going to take place when mm-hmm. only the legislature According to our Constitution, right there in Article 1, Section 2, it's the legislature that decides the time, place, and manner of how these elections are going to take place. And instead, you had these rogue politicians literally changing the rules to help their own team. And so it made it easier for people to cheat. I mean, that's the bottom line of what happened. It made it easier for people to manipulate the system. There's always cheating. It's human nature. Both sides have done it in the past. Uh, We've had major, major accusations of fraud in presidential elections before. Mm -hmm. The 1888 election was, I mean, you had places where 105% of the people they're voted. That means if you had a thousand people in that community, there's about 125 percent of Democrats who are voting because of all the dead people that are. Yeah, voting. let alone how many dead people voted, right? So they have yeah. literally resurrected the dead. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, so th- th- that stuff is not new, and and that's why you have to have election measures that make it possible to decrease the amount of fraud. There's always going to be mm-hmm. some level of cheating. That's human nature, mm-hmm. and so that's why we've always advocated for voter ID which some of your viewers may not know why that's such a big fight. But the whole thing Mm -hmm. is when you come in to vote, we should be able to verify that you are who you say you are, that you are a citizen, that you do live at that address, and you're not voting in multiple states or multiple places. Mm -hmm. So things like that are are what it takes to have election integrity. Um, I've always said you, you can't trust the election unless you have transparency, a way to verify that the votes that were cast were accurately counted and legally cast, and then some sort of legal remedy in case there's violations of the of the first two. Mm-hmm. And and we did not have transparency in this case. You had in some places them boarding up of the walls so you couldn't watch them count. Mm-hmm. In some places they sent the Republican counters home and left the Democrats all night long counting without the other side there to watch. That's not transparency. You might not be cheating, but it sure looks yeah. like you're cheating. Now, okay, before you get too far in the weeds of that, who are the people that are letting them getting away with this? Because yeah. we as a nation, we see that. And we're all just like, what the heck? How are you actually getting away with boarding up these places, not allowing transparency like that? Who are the people on the ground yeah. that are supposed to be holding those places accountable? That's a great question. And it, and it depends on the local elected officials. Okay. And in most of these Which is places, why local politics is so oh, freaking important, guys. Yeah. Who you who you vote for for DA, your district attorney, mm-hmm. that could be the most important election of your life. If you're charged with a crime you didn't commit... You want to know you've got an honest DA that will look at that case and yeah. possibly not even bring charges against you. Um, mm-hmm. Who you vote, who, who you elect as your elections administrator or your county mm-hmm. commissioners if they appoint your elections administrator. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Where most of these complaints are happening are in counties where it's dominated by the Democrats. Okay, They would probably complain in places where it's dominated by Republicans. Mm-hmm. But we don't have the same accusations of fraud coming out of those areas. The places where the fraud is being, um, you know, where the where their smoke says there's probably fire there yeah. are these Democrat counties where there are no Republican officials. And so Republicans come in from the outside just to watch the county. 
And so then when you kick them out and you've only got the operatives, I mean, these are political operatives. They're the only ones watching, the only ones counting, and they control the system. There are people in jail right now for committing voter fraud in Philadelphia and other places like that. One of them was a judge who was in charge of the elections. He's now in prison for cheating just last election cycle in 2016, 14, and 12. He was convicted of literally using committing fraud himself, casting fake ballots, mm-hmm. and then approving other people doing the same thing, knowing what was, what was going on. So I say all that just to say folks should not be shocked. This definitely happens. And it's why you need good DAs. It's why you need good election officials, why you need secretaries of state that are going to just have a fair system. And we should be able to agree on that. Transparency. Why would we not? Mm-hmm. Both sides should want to know that you can see all the ballots. It's an open, honest process. Both sh- sides should want to know. If it's super close, be able to verify that. When I had my recount, we went in and recounted every ballot. I mean, I had I had lost by 20 votes out of 30,000. That's a really small amount, 20 yeah. votes, couple of families, right? Yeah. Out of 30,000 people. So I was by law allowed to ask for a recount because it was so, so close. We went in and my opponent and I looked at every single ballot, either someone on our team or us. And, and, and in front of each ballot was someone from both teams, right? And so it was also, when it was all said and done, I won by 36 votes. So 56 ballots had been counted wrong by the machines. Well, I turned to the guy and I said, the guy I was running against, I said, you know, the law allows you to ask for another recount since it was so close just to make sure we got the recount right. And he said, Rick, we looked at every ballot. It was totally transparent. Why would we need to do that again? You won. So nobody accused each other of being cheaters. We had transparency. There was trust in the system. We were able to verify and we didn't even need to use the legal legal remedies. In this case, there was no transparency. They're right, they're right now trying to verify what was cast, but then you've got a question of, what are you verifying a poisoned well? Is it, have we already got cheating that's been pushed into what you're verifying now? In other words, if fake ballots were thrown into the mix and now you have no way of knowing whether or not those were fake ballots. When I say fake ballots, I mean a, a ballot that might have been cast under someone's name who wasn't really voting. We've got hundreds of people now mm-hmm. testifying and saying, um, I didn't I didn't vote or my husband's dead and didn't vote, but yet the system is showing that he voted or I showed up to vote and they told me, oh, no, you've already voted by mail. No, yeah. I haven't. So yeah. so there's a ton of that fraud going on. And that's what they're trying to verify at this point. But it's definitely going to come down to the legal remedies when you get into that if you want. Yeah, that's that's insane. And I, it's crazy. I've actually seen some of those uh, people saying things like that before it was on mainstream news uh, or even not even mainstream news. Cause they wouldn't cover that stuff. I saw some of that stuff on TikTok first. Yeah. You know, before I even got to any other news stations with it. So, OK. Well, you know, everyone's trusted source of, of news. Exactly. And activity that's where in I America get my news now, TikTok, guys. Is TikTok, of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, OK, what are some of the key states that this is going to come down to right now? What are people keeping their eyes on? Uh, where where are the big battles happening? Yeah, most important one's Pennsylvania. So in Pennsylvania, okay. we know that they broke the law in multiple ways. They created a voting scheme before the election that would would give an advantage to one team over the other. That's a violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. It's a violation of Article One, Section 2, in that the Secretary of State and the governor made up the rules, Democrats, instead of the legislature, which is the only person, according to the Constitution, only entity, according to the Constitution, that can make election law in each state. Every state has an elections committee in their legislature, and that's what they do every two years. They look at how they're doing their elections. They tweak a little here, tweak a little there. They're the lawmakers. They're the ones that are supposed to do that. So Mm -hmm. all of that was done illegally by the governor and the secretary of state. That will go to the U.S. Supreme Court. I believe firmly the U.S. Supreme Court is going to say you broke the law, and then the question is going to be, can they take all the ballots 
that came in under that illegal scheme and separate them and still get an honest count. And we don't know the answer to that yet. We won't know mm-hmm. the answer to that until this gets into the court and all of that evidence is presented. I think there's about a 60,000 vote difference in Pennsylvania. So it may only be 20,000 votes in question. So if you take those out, then it doesn't change the election. And is that something that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court would look at first and, and they make a decision on? And then if there's still dispute over it, then it goes to the Supreme Court? It or could who? happen like that. The problem is the Pennsylvania Supreme Court was in on the scheme. In other uh. words, they were with the governor and the secretary of state actually helping to write up the scheme. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the U.S. Supreme Court almost overruled that before the election. It was a, fi- a four to four decision. Amy Coney Barrett was not on the court yet. She had mm-hmm. been appointed and approved but wasn't seated yet. And so John Roberts went with the liberals because he didn't want to overrule the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Mm. The other four justices said, this is nuts. You cannot do this. So anyway, they've already signaled that now with Amy Coney Barrett, she's probably going to agree with the four that said this is unconstitutional. And I actually think John Roberts will join them after the fact. Um, So, yeah, the Pennsylvania scheme, I think, is going to get thrown out. The big question is if a bunch, let's say 20,000 ballots or 100,000 ballots came in under the scheme, but they got mixed in with all the other ballots. How do you know? What do you, you know, do? Right. How do you pull them out? Yeah. How do you, how do you know which ballots to take out? Yeah. And then you got another question: If, if what about those twenty thousand people? They thought they were voting legally. They were told by the state, by the secretary of state and the governor, mm-hmm. that you could do it this way. You could send it in yeah. after the election or whatever the scheme was. And now they're going to be disenfranchised. So mm-hmm. I could see the the Supreme Court saying, "You guys just messed this whole thing up. There's mm-hmm. no way to tell who won." redo the election, which sounds crazy, but we just did that last year in North Carolina for for a member of Congress. It was a federal election. Mail-in ballots got crazy. Nobody knew what really happened. Federal judge said, you guys do it over, do over. (laughs) And if they do it over and you kind of get the same thing, if it doesn't solve the problem, I mean, what do they do? Well, I think if they did, if they redid it, they would not have any of the illegal schemes it would be a legit vote. Because everyone would be watching. And everyone would be watching. Literally like the whole nation would be watching Pennsylvania. A whole lot harder like, to cheat, right? They're just that that stubborn middle child that refuses to do it right, <laughs> but then the whole country starts looking at him. It's like, get your act together, you guys. You say Let's stubborn go. middle child like you know something about that. That is my sister, oh. okay? Not me. <laughs> we have me. two middle children. So. <laughs> um, okay, so is this a is it possible for us to at some point just get rid of electronic voting completely? Across you know, the board. I, I mean, yes, it absolutely is. There, there's, there's no, it, it, you know, there's no reason that we could not go back to a Scantron ballot that that you you circle the people you're for, and then the computer can read those very quickly. Mm-hmm. But then there's a backup of of exactly the ballots yeah. that were counted. And or like we do in our county. I mean, explain how how our our ballots. Our, ours is potentially a way to do it, and that is that that you vote electronically, and it and it prints it out on your ballot, and then you mm-hmm. take your ballot. So you can see and make sure that it, it's printing what you wanted right, it to do, right? And then you hand it in, and you right? Make sure so that then, it's right. then all the other issues you have to deal with. Okay, where? How does that box get locked up, right? And who handles yeah. that box between there and the and the election night? Who counts it there? Mm-hmm. All of those things. Normally, you have laws in place that there's like it's kind of like a lawsuit. We call it the chain of custody, custody, chain of custody. You make sure you can document how those that box was handed, so that. We know there was no tampering. There was no monkey business. Mm-hmm. Well, man, with this election, you got truckloads of ballots showing up in bags. Nobody knows where they came from. Mm-hmm. One of the things they did wrong, Ken Blackwell is a former secretary of state from Ohio, fantastic guy. And he just did an article saying, look, the way they did this, instead of having your counting taking place at more of these local uh, places, they brought everybody to these big arenas. And the ballots got mixed up and nobody mm-hmm. could follow where, where, so you lost your chain of, of custody. So there's no trust in, in the election. And you mm-hmm. ask which states. Well, everything I just described about Pennsylvania happened in Michigan. It happened in Wisconsin. It happened in Georgia. 
It happened in Nevada. I mean, all of those states potentially. It's Nevada. Uh, <laughs> Nevada. <laughs> if there's anybody out there watching from Nevada, I get chastised for saying Nevada like he just did. It's Nevada. Oh, it is Nevada. Yeah, that's how okay, they say Okay, I got it backwards. Up until just this last month, yeah. I've always said Nevada. Yeah. And when we were out there doing one of our constitutional defense courses, I got chastised about 15 times by yeah. Nevadans. <laughs> I don't know if that's how they say it or not. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I get called out on it, too. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, watch those states. That's That's where the legal battles will be. And you could see the Supreme Court literally throw out those elections. Now, redo is not the only option. You could also have the state legislature name the electors. Okay, so let's do a quick mm-hmm. lesson on Electoral College. Is that yes, okay? Yes, please do. So, yeah. so the way the Electoral College, you don't, you don't vote for president. You vote for electors who are going to vote for president. But when when your state goes overwhelmingly for a particular candidate for president, your electors have basically agreed they're going to cast their votes for that person. Okay, so electors are typically either a Republican slate of electors or Democrat slate of electors. They are chosen at the state conventions for both parties. And then if that state goes to the Republicans, if the Republican candidate for president wins in that state, then those electors go sit at the state capitol this year on December 14th, and they literally by hand vote for the president and the vice president. And then those Mm -hmm. ballots are locked up and shipped to Washington, D.C. And on January 6th, the entire Congress sits together and the vice president of the United States, who is president of the Senate, sits down and opens those things one by mm-hmm. one. It's a really cool ceremonial mm-hmm. process. OK, so all of that to say, if your state can't determine who won the election, they can't assign the electoral votes to either party. So the state legislature is actually the one empowered by the Constitution under Article 2, Section 1. It says that the legislature decides how the electors will be chosen. So most states used to choose the electors in the state legislature. We didn't vote on president. They chose. Mm. And so and and then we went to popular vote in most states. And so each state votes a popular vote. And then that state sends its electors based on who won that. Mm-hmm. The Constitution says and the U.S. Supreme Court has confirmed multiple times that those state legislatures can take back that right that that process at any time they want. So, for example, if Pennsylvania, if the Supreme Court says, Pennsylvania, you screwed this up so bad, nobody knows who won, Mm. then the Pennsylvania legislature can call itself into session and say, we're choosing the electors because otherwise we don't even get to cast our 20 electoral votes for president. We're just not even going to get counted. Mm. And so then they could choose who to vote for. Is it possible that you would see the Pennsylvania Supreme Court try to keep them from doing that? They they, they have no voice in this. So this is because they don't. But you see... You know, Supreme Court's getting out of bounds trying to sure. do that stuff all no, the they, time. No, they will try to, and and mm-hmm. and the U.S. Supreme Court in that case has no okay. choice but to say the Constitution does not give this power to the state court in right. any way, shape, or form. It's a legislative power, and the U.S. Supreme Court will have the final say on what the Constitution actually says. This is says. why federalism and checks and balances is so important, guys, because yes. you've got yes. states getting out of control, and the federal government can rein them in, and then you've also got a way for the states to hold the federal government accountable. So checks and balances. Everybody hold each other accountable. Now, here's the fun part. The practical part of this, what I just described to you could happen in all those states I named. So Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia all have Republican legislatures, which means hmm. they would choose Donald Trump most likely if this happened. Nevada has a Democrat uh, legislature, so they hmm. would probably choose Joe Biden. But if all of that happened... You mean Kamala Harris. Is yeah, Kami Harris. Kami Harris. Kami Harris. <laughs> first communist president of the United States, if this goes through. Um, anyway, so if, if all that happens, Donald Trump will win. Um, and, and, and to be blunt, look, you know, we've won elections, lost elections. We've been around this, mm-hmm. you know, game for a long, long time. And, mm-hmm. and we've had big upsets. 
great victories we were very excited about, horrible defeats that got us down for a little while, but mm-hmm. we stay in the fight, right? That's just what we do. And, um, and so whichever way this goes, our job as citizens doesn't change. Mm-hmm. My concern is not whether Donald Trump is president or Joe Biden. My concern is, is, is the Constitution and the rule of law going to mean anything mm-hmm. after this election? Because if the rule of law means anything, Pennsylvania broke the law. Georgia broke the law. Wisconsin and Michigan broke the law. Mm-hmm. And people will not have faith in elections if there isn't some sort of reckoning here and some sort of correction made. And it may take years to do that. These state legislatures are probably going to change a lot of their election laws, but you still have to do something about this election. So if we uphold the rule of law and the Constitution and Joe Biden still wins, so be it. He'll be president mm-hmm. for about six months, and then Kami Harris will invoke the 25th Amendment, and the cabinet will say he's senile. I mean, he's already senile. Just watch yeah. one, any press conference. He can't even— At that point, they'll just admit it finally. But, they'll yeah. admit it at that point because then yeah. she gets to be president. And we will endure that, and it will mm-hmm. be bad. And it will, and, and, and there'll be a lot of—it'll be like Obama. There'll be a lot of bad things passed mm-hmm. and a lot of bad things done. But we can survive it if we fight back and if we work hard to win the next round of elections and reverse a lot mm-hmm. of the a lot of those things— and I think, the, honestly, I think the midterm elections in 2022 are going to be a banner election for conservatives and constitutionalists. I think the pushback mm-hmm. to all of this is going to be huge. Um, I do think they stole the election. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's, it's you, your lying eyes can't, you, you, they're, they're trying to tell you it's not happening, but yeah. you try to tell that to your eyes. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt that there was a lot of cheating and fraud. Whether they can mm-hmm. prove the computer system did it or it was done in all these other ways, who knows whether any of that proof is going to come through. Mm-hmm. But I know there's 75 million patriotic, passionate Americans out there that they're not going anywhere. Yeah, they're going to be back. Well, you just talk about that pushback in the next midterm uh, elections for conservatives. But we saw a a huge victory for conservatives in uh, the Senate. That's right. And in the House. That's right. So, I mean, just talk real quick about what we we won a lot of ground there. Right. And I'm sure a lot of people aren't even paying attention to that. Right. They're just focused on Trump and and Biden. But behind the scenes, not really behind the scenes, but the other part of the three branches, we gained a lot of ground there. In fact, it was so the opposite of what everybody thought it was going to be. All the pollsters, Mm -hmm. all the pundits, all the experts. Biden was going to win by a landslide. He didn't. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still convinced Trump actually won by a landslide. Yeah. Um, they said the House, that, that Nancy Pelosi was going to pick up 20 or 25 seats. She lost nearly that many seats. Yeah. I mean, we made huge gains. In fact, it's going to be so close in the House. I mean, she's literally going to be have to, have to deal with a three or four vote margin mm-hmm. on every issue. It's going to be a nightmare for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the Senate, they were supposed she's to... She's going to have so much fun, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they were supposed to pick up four or five seats. We were supposed to lose the Senate completely. Well, the Senate is split down the middle right now with two seats left on the table, and those are the two in, in Georgia, which is the big runoff. Yeah. Frankly, Georgia's the Alamo right now because yeah. if Biden and Kamala Harris do take the White House and and Nancy holds onto the, onto the U.S. House, just barely, then the Senate's the only thing that can stop them from implementing a very socialist communist agenda. I mean, it just is. You just look at their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you need, you've got to win. Republicans have to win at least one of these two. Georgia runoffs and and whoever wins one is going to win both probably because mm-hmm. same voters going to be heading out so it's it's a huge huge deal in Georgia right now that's why so many people are headed to Georgia we're going there yeah. for a barnstorming tour here in a, here yeah. in a week or two with you know Charlie Kirk and Kirk Cameron and a lot of cool folks Brad mm-hmm. Stein it's going to be really fun and you know I, I hope everybody in Georgia that's watching your your podcast I hope they realize how important their vote is and they need to multiply that by getting 10 15 mm-hmm. 20 of their friends and family to get registered before December 7th and then show up to vote for the January 6th. Yeah, runoff. absolutely. We're going to rally the troops. So um, I want to go back real quick to what you said. I said er- January 6th. It's January 4th. I keep January going. 4th. Yeah. Okay. Democrats um, go vote on January 6th and everybody else go vote on January 4th. 
because election day is January fourth. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can so, just pull their votes ahead. After well, that's the election true. Anyway. That's what they did. They're just going to cheat, and even it's after right, the election, yeah, they'll right, just pull right. their votes Never anyway. mind on that. But um, let's go back to what you said earlier about being happy warriors, yeah. regardless of the election. So I remember when you lost your Supreme Court race in 2010, being just so disappointed, and it wasn't because I understood the process very well or I understood like what was going to go on with the family. It was just that yeah. my dad lost an election. Like <laughs> I wanted him to win so bad. And then this other dude named green beat him, which doesn't seem fair or right and all. Cause I know you're the better green, but I was just so just beaten up. And I remember my friend, Evan Jacks said to me at the house, watching the numbers come in, he came over and he was like, Reagan, happy warriors, man, no matter the outcome, our mission doesn't change behind the scenes. And even if your dad's on the Supreme court, he's going to keep doing Patriot Academy events, speaking, going to be spreading the, the good message that we have people giving hope. So all of our people who are looking at this confusing time right now, and they're just like at a loss for hope, Yeah, you know, for our nation, is America even going to be here after this? Are we just going down the drain? Like we're so split and both the sides hate each other so much. But regardless of all that, our mission as Christians first and then conservatives doesn't change. We don't stop fighting for traditional values and the system that works. We know it works, right? Yeah. And even though half the country doesn't like that system and is trying to destroy it, whether or not we have Joe Biden in office or Kami Harris in office as president, our mission doesn't change, right? Yeah, and I, and I think you've got exactly the right attitude. It's got to be a happy warrior attitude regardless. It doesn't mean we don't realize how serious it is. It doesn't mean we don't have days we get down because of, of realizing how serious it is. I mean, look, th we are split down the middle in our country. We mm -hmm. could end up in civil war. We, I mean, this is, a, this is a very delicate time in our nation's history. The violence in the streets, the kind of belief systems, they're not just trying to you know, pass socialized health care, which is bad even of it, in and of itself. They're trying mm -hmm. to completely destroy the system. They truly believe this is the, the communist mindset. They want to tear down the system so that they can rebuild it from scratch. That, that is literally the, the goal here. So it's serious, but yet... Let's not forget, even in Jeremiah, when he said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, all that, they were headed off to 70 years of captivity mm -hmm. when he they were given that message. So I don't think we're headed into 70 years of captivity, but we could have some dark days ahead. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Either way, our duty does not change. And you know kind of our family motto is the idea of what John Quincy Adams went through, and I know you're running out of time, but I'm going to try to tell the story oh, good. Go ahead. really fast. Go ahead. So John Quincy Adams was president of the United States, and actually that was one of the elections that did not get settled on election night, went to the House of Representatives to determine who the president of the United States was going to be because hmm. nobody got a majority in the Electoral College, and that could happen this time, right? And, and the House doesn't just vote 435 people go vote and Nancy Pelosi suddenly president. That's not how it works. Each state gets one vote. And so the Republicans have at least 26 states. So Donald Trump will win if this goes to the House, which it mm -hmm. very well could. That's what happened in 1824. Even though Andrew Jackson had popular vote more than 10 percent, more than uh, um, John Quincy Adams, he had 13 more electoral votes. But the House chose John Quincy Adams and he became president. Well, mm -hmm. Jackson campaigns for four years saying it was a crooked deal and all this. And he ends up winning in 1828. John Quincy Adams, does he go home and say, I'm done? No, he goes home and he runs for the House of Representatives, gets elected to go into Congress. He was president. And mm -hmm. now he goes over and serves in the House of Representatives because he had one issue. He wanted to end slavery. And he fought to end slavery for years with no victories. 13 years of losing. Now, that's more than half your life, yeah. right? So if, if we spent 13 years campaigning across the country, trying to revive the Constitution, trying to get good people elected, and we never won a single race, never made any progress whatsoever, I would question my sanity, and I would wonder if we were doing <laughs> what God had called us to do, right? Yeah. John Quincy Adams, 13 years into this, no victories. Reporter says to him, you're wasting your life. 
You're wasting my time as a reporter. And you're wasting Congress's time. What's your problem? Mm. And John Quincy Adams said something that everybody needs to remember. In this election and in, and in life, he said, duty is ours. Results are God's. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to do my duty regardless of the results. And he kept fighting. He, he never got to see good results. He did not end slavery in his lifetime. Four years later, so 17 years of fighting, no victories. Mm. 17 years of fighting, he dies on the U.S. House floor, right there. He had a, had a stroke right there on the House floor. Actually, they put him in the Speaker's office, and he died in there. Um, and so he didn't get to see any progress. And you're thinking, wow, what a wasted life. Mm. No, because you don't know what the results are that God has planned. You don't know what seeds you're planting that somebody yeah. else is going to come along and water. Amen. JQA, John Quincy Adams, planted the seeds in a young congressman that came in and served for the last two years that John Quincy Adams was there. Mm-hmm. And and the kid, you know, he, he was kind of mesmerized a little bit. This is the former president of the United States, and he's an anti-slavery guy like I am. And so they became good friends. He actually became a pallbearer when John Quincy, Quincy Adams died. He was a pallbearer at his funeral. That's how close they were. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this young congressman goes home, doesn't get reelected. Runs for another office and loses. Runs for another office and loses. Another office. I think he had a friend, uh, kind of like Evan Jacks did to you, that said, mm-hmm. hey, be a happy warrior no matter what. Anyway, he kept losing, kept losing. That kid finally got elected 15 years later as president of the United States. His name was Abraham Lincoln. Wow. And he implemented exactly what John Quincy Adams had taught him. Yeah. Same three-step plan, ending slavery in D.C. and you know right down the line. And it just goes to show you, John Quincy Adams did not get to enjoy the fruit of his labor. He didn't get to see an end to slavery in his lifetime, but he passed the torch to the next generation. He literally instilled it in the next group of leaders that were coming up, and they kept fighting. And eventually those seeds that have been planted and been watered, they bore fruit. And I think think we have to fight like that. We don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we may, like I said, see dark days ahead. We may have a true freedom revolution about to happen in America. I think that's what I saw in the last three months of this race with all those people at all those rallies. Oh, yeah. that, I mean, it just there's a real energy and a, and a resurgence of, I care about America. I want to save America. I'm willing to spend my time and my money. Mm-hmm. Frankly, what the founders called lives, fortunes, and sacred honor. I'm willing to invest my time, my money, and my sacred honor. I'm willing to stand up and speak truth. I don't care if they kick me off Facebook. I don't care if I lose friends or whatever and following on social media. I'm going to yeah. speak truth. That's the attitude of those 75 million people mm-hmm. that voted for Donald Trump, and they are not going away. Yeah, well, and I think about... You know, the conservative movement through the eight years of Obama, the reason we got Trump was because we didn't stop fighting. And some might have thought, I'm not going to see the results of fighting through these eight years. But fortunately, unlike JQA, we did. We got Trump. We saw a revival of conservative uh, values. But, you know, guys, at the core of all of this um, is understanding our political system and our process and understanding the values that America was based on. And so in order to win America back and win this fight, ultimately, we have to know what is going on and we have to know we have to know the knowledge behind the Constitution, um, the system that we have and how exceptional it really is. And so uh, two resources for you guys. One, check out Patriot Academy. If you're 16 to 25, come spend a week at the Capitol with us and we will teach you the legislative process. We'll give you some really solid Christian values to live out in the political process and you'll have a ton of fun doing it. You'll learn communication skills and we'll really get you involved in the political process doing that. And you'll meet a lot of other cool young people from across the country, maybe even your future mate. We've had a We've lot. had several marriages uh, come out of Patriot Academy. Academy. So, yes, you know, exactly. Not that you should just be motivated motivated by that. but you know, right. just, yeah. that's, that's the number one reason. But then, you know, the, all the political <laughs> stuff as well. So, okay. And the number two, constitutioncoach.com. You guys can actually join my dad on a live 
uh, six week, I yep. think it is six yep. week course diving into the Constitution. He will lay it all out for you, explain every article, all the amendments, what they're meant to do, and why we have them. And there's a lot of great Q and A between him and some other national leaders and great mentors of mine that I've learned from. And you can ask questions. It's really good interaction and a great community to uh, further your knowledge on the Constitution and our American system and our way of life and why it's important to fight for. So uh, check out those two things that will help you get in the fight. Again, check out Defender. Uh, Defender-gear.com. I'm going to get it, guys. Defender, uh, trust me. I got it. It's good. Uh, And what's your coupon code? Reagan10. Look up Reagan, or use the code Reagan10, but look up Defender-gear.com. And you get 10% off if you do. 10% off. Again, it's a great Christmas present to get for a family or friend. Dad, thanks so much for joining me uh, in the office again. We'll hopefully be doing another one of these once we get a little closer to an actual decision and uh, clarify some of this crazy... Don't ever think you're too young to make a difference. Yes. We had signers of the Declaration of the Constitution in their 20s. Mm. It could be you. Get involved. You can become a Constitution coach as well. We have a lot of young people Mm -hmm. in their teens, literally, hosting classes around the country. So join the fight. Yes, absolutely. And I know most of my listeners are young, so there's so much truth to that, guys, especially when you're young. This is the time to get involved and start learning because in 20, 30 years, we're going to be running this country. So we have to make sure that um, that torch of freedom is not only passed on, but that we take it and defend it with our lives. Um, So thank you guys for listening. Make sure to share and spread the word of the podcast. I appreciate y'all tuning in for this special episode, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Is America over? (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't do that seriously.